And one of the areas that's lacking so much is the understanding of the gospel of the kingdom all the way back in the scriptures. So, for example, I went through, I don't know, maybe 40 hours of different teachings on people preaching on Exodus, the commandments, the giving of the commandments, and nobody is talking about the marriage, the ketubah, the Ten Commandments are the ketubah, they are the conditions of the marriage, you know, uh, and no one's talking about the marriage when it's very clear that that's what's there. So you go into Jewish uh, breakdown and understanding on uh, the giving of the commandments and you know, everyone is talking about the marriage from that perspective, but in the Christian church and even in the Mercianic community, they don't want to discuss that. And then I, sp I took time just really pressing into the book of Hosea and looking at the response and how people are seeing the book of Hosea and realizing that they're not teaching the book of Hosea from the basis of you who are not a people will once again become my people. But they don't teach it from the basis of the divorce that takes place in Jeremiah chapter 3, where Yehovah says, I divorce from the northern kingdom of Israel in Jeremiah 3. And uh, in that portion of scripture, it shows that, the, uh, that Judah and Israel are both uh, committing adultery and walking away from God. But Judah comes back and pretends but Judah's sins were, were just as bad, if not worse, than the sins of Israel. But, you know, the bottom line is this. Who married Israel at Mount Sinai? And, you know, there's an interesting thing that, that I, I just want to make as a statement on this. It's not really what we're going to share on this morning, but it's something I feel is important to mention. The commandments were spoken out over the people. The commandments were spoken out over the people. It wasn't something just given on a tablet. The, the voice of Yehovah spoke. Now, we've got to ask ourselves the question, who is the word of Elohim? Who is the word of God? The word of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. It was Yeshua. Uh, so this is one of the reasons why I want to go through a whole series uh, that might take us, you know, 50 years or 60 years or so, uh, just opening up every book of the Bible on where is Yeshua in that book and how do we identify what he is saying, what he is doing, and what the message is in that book concerning the Messiah. And, you know, we're not going to spend 30 years or whatever on it. We'll just try and get through it and, and, and get people hungry to really delve deep. That every time we read the Tanakh, the Old Testament, that we are looking for and in pursuit of Yeshua. And I believe as we do that, the revelation of the word comes alive to us. And, uh, you know, we have very much, uh, even in the land of Israel, we've got cut and paste uh, Mercianic Judaism going on, like, like cut and paste Christianity. Take a verse from here, a verse from over there, and Jack and Ori tell us a story. And we work out a little story of the theme of what we're trying to preach on using scriptures completely out of context. And what we're not doing is we're not growing people up in the word of Yehovah to know the plans of the Father. And no wonder we don't have people activated in ministering the gospel because, you know, especially those who are waking up to the roots of their faith, they're thinking, have we been lied to? We were told this. We're finding out this is not true. 
they're unraveling a lot of things that's going on. And then they're starting to discover the roots of their faith, their identity. Who are we in Messiah? And it's not okay for us to be left just with this Gentile card that uh, many want to leave believers today to say, well, you know, you don't have to follow the feasts. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. That was just given to the Jews. You're just a Gentile believer. You can come along and identify with us, but you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. When the bottom line is there's only one gospel. That's all there is. One gospel. There's not a gospel for one group, a gospel for another. It says very clearly in the book of uh, in the book of what's the book? <laughs> in the book of Ephesians, yes. I know you were all shouting out the book of Ephesians at me, but anyway, I just want to turn there, read a scripture on the book of Ephesians. I get my finger in here. There we go. Um, in Ephesians, it says this, um, verse uh, two: Surely you have heard about the administration of Elohim's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Messiah, which is not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the spirit of Elohim's holy apostles and prophets. Now, what's he doing? He's attaching the apostles and the holy prophets, he's saying, listen, this is what the Tanakh, the Old Testament, has been teaching about. It's talking about who Messiah is and how he identifies with the whole world. Verse 5, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of Elohim. Uh, to his prophets and apostles. This mystery is that through the gospel, the nations are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and share together in the promise in Messiah Yeshua. Hallelujah. It's one gospel. It's not two gospels. Anyway, so uh, let's say, let's keep in a prayerful vein on those areas. And, you know, maybe uh, in your uh, study times as well, just take time opening up portions of the scripture and identifying where Yeshua is within those scriptures so that we can share those things together on the coming weeks and be encouraged in that. And, you know, we just want to uh, give praise and glory to the Father for the authority that we have within the word. You know, last week we talked a little bit about the second part of the message of the book of, of Haggai. Um, and we just really press through some important points there from that. Today, I just want to open up really in Psalm 1. And I want us to be encouraged within Psalm 1 because we need to know the Torah. We need the scriptures to be established within our lives. And, you know, our desire is that we walk <clears throat> in the blessings and the fullness of a mighty God, and that we can minister those blessings to others. So verse 1, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of Yehovah, who, and, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, 
which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And as we shared in the book of Haggai last week, you know, one of the things we see within that chapter, we see the viewpoint of how man sees things. This is not the time to build the temple. This is not the time to do these things. And here comes the prophet. He comes along and he says, this is the time. And what do we discover from Haggai? We discover that, you know, for once, the people are listening to the word of the prophet concerning the timing. When we have so many accounts within the scripture, you know, Jeremiah, every time he speaks, oh, no, not you again. What's going to come out of your mouth, Jeremiah? You know, it's not going to be encouraging. You're not going to give us a word that we want to hear, you know, because what's the purpose of prophecy to bring us in line with the will and the purpose of Yahovah to bring us back to who we are called to be. Teshuva, the word repentance, is not just about, well, God, you know, forgive me. I'm sorry for my sins. Okay, I've repented. I'm sorry for my sins. And I'll just keep on trucking. No, it means to go back to the place where we should have been. It's recognizing I am out of place. How do I get back into the place the Father has for me? And that's what we see in Psalm 1. We see it opening up. It's talking about the blessing of the one who is not spending his time listening to the way that the world wants to direct you. He's saying, you know, don't follow uh, don't walk in the steps of the wicked. And why are people tempted to walk in the steps of the wicked? What is it about their steps that causes so many to stumble? You know, because people are looking for shortcuts within their lives. And this is what the enemy even offered to Yeshua. You know, bow down and worship me. Listen, everything that you've come here to do, you don't have to die on the cross, Yeshua. You can just bow down, worship me, and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. You know, I was in a, a, a service, a midweek Bible study, uh, a faith church meeting in uh, New York a few months back, and they were quoting on that scripture, the temptations of Yeshua and the, and the book of Matthew. And they were preaching from the viewpoint the devil was lying that he couldn't give Yeshua all the things he was asking them. And, you know, I shared and I, I asked this point, if if the devil was lying, then it's not a temptation. If it's the temptations of Messiah, it has to be truth. <laughs> because if the devil's lying, then that means Yeshua was never properly tested concerning his righteousness. So obviously the enemy received the authority that was given uh, to Adam and Eve, he received it at the fall of man back in the garden. And they had a whole debate before I shared on this, on basically speaking uh, that, you know, uh, everything belongs to God. And because it all belongs to God, that's just how it is. And I'm like, man, you're misinterpreting scripture here. But what we need to do, we need to meditate on the word. And as we meditate on the law, on his Torah, on his instructions. I want to make sure our number one priority in our meditation is identifying Yeshua. Where is Yeshua 
in this portion of scripture. You know, we see in the book of Genesis, we see that Yeshua, he is the seed of the woman that will come forth. It's not about the woman's seeds. It's about the singular seed, the Messiah. So we've got to identify where Yeshua is. And some of us know the basic places of where Yeshua is within the scriptures, but we do need to delve a lot deeper and bring out a clearer understanding of where Yeshua is, where he reveals himself, especially when we look at the giving of the covenants and how the covenants are given. These things are important. Like I said, uh, at uh, Mount Sinai in uh, Exodus chapter 20, when uh, 19 and 20, when the, the commandments were spoken, the people heard the commandments. It was spoken audibly to them. Yes, it waxed louder. It's the only part of the King James I like. It waxed loud. I love it. Yeah, awesome. It was so loud <laughs> that the people were in fear and were in terror. Well, the question is, who's speaking? Who is speaking? It's Yeshua speaking forth the conditions, speaking forth his commandments. So who is this person who delights in the law of the Lord? Who is this person who's meditating on it day and night, who's pulling out the true message of what the Father is trying to say through the scriptures, as we see in Luke chapter 24? when Yeshua opens the eyes of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he reveals to them who he is. He explains who he is to them in the Torah, the prophets, the Psalms, and he starts opening up the scriptures. And, you know, let's be people who are like trees planted by streams of water. Now, you know, it's not a pond of water, just any uh, amount of water is streams of water. And what's important about the streams of water is the purification that comes forth. Where are we meant to mikvah? We're meant to mikvah within running water. For what purpose? The purification, right? So the more that we are planted by streams of water, the more nutrients we are receiving. We're not just plugged into the same old stagnant pond, but we're receiving from the richness of the Father. And it says that if we are a person like that tree planted by streams of water, that we will yield our fruits in season. And what I love about, you know, the reference we see at the end of Revelation, it talks about the trees and the streams, and it says they have different fruit each month. Every month is a new fruit that's coming forth. The Father's desire is that we are fruitful on an ongoing basis. And you know what? We come against the assignments of lack. We come against the spirit of delay. We come against everything that's hindering the work of the Father. And we say, Father, let us be a people who are planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season for the purpose of your kingdom, that our lives will be effective. And I love this. And, you know, th this is good for the Scottish people here. It says um, their leaves do not wither. Well, you know, if you ever visit Scotland, we have all the Christmas trees and all these evergreen trees, and they're all through Europe as well, not just Scotland. But, you know, in the wintertime, we're, we're uh, full of this lush green stuff everywhere with the richness of the soil and the earth. And, you know, I, I remember the days in North Carolina, 
you know, just going up, watching the the fall, all the leaves falling off the trees and uh, the different seasons, an entire forest just laying bare and everything. But what does it say about the person who delights in the instructions of the Torah, who's meditating on the Torah? What does it say about them? It says, listen, you are not going to have leaves that wither. You will be evergreen. You will be someone who will always be seen as fruitful, as blessed. Your leaves are not going to wither. Whatever they do prospers. And I just want to make a proclamation over our lives. This is time of the prosperity of the spirit to manifest in increasing measures within our lives. Not so the wicked what are they? They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment of the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For Yehovah watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked lead to destruction. Now, Yehovah, he watches over the way of the righteous. And this is what we saw in the book of Haggai. We saw this picture of the word of Elohim being spoken. His word was being spoken. This is the time. Build my temple. This is the time. Build my temple. Well, listen, we are the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hear the word of Yehovah. Build my temple. Let's build the people of Elohim. Living stones. I've got my 12 stones here, my, the 12 project, the living stones here. <laughs> That's what I'm wearing here today. You know, we are living stones being joined together for the purpose of Yehovah. And one of the complaints of what was going on in Haggai was the whole thing of, yes, they were under oppression. Yes, they were being beat up on every side. Yeah, they were. They were experiencing ter terrible things. Uh, you know, it was nothing to be taken light lightly. They even had legal cases against them to stop them building the temple. But you know what? They lost heart. Why? They all started talking together. They lost heart. And even the spiritual leaders, they were losing heart too. But you know what? These people started building their own houses. And they, they didn't just have one house. A lot of them had two houses. They had their country home. They had their home in the town and the city. And they just were building their own prosperity. They were using the panels and materials that they had collected and put together for building the temple. They started using them on their own homes. And uh, it's not time. And they were being told, look, it's not time. 70 years since we called back. And some of them were even being told it might be another 18 years before we have to build. Because maybe it's not the first exiles that went into Babylon. Maybe it's the last exiles that went into Babylon. And the reason we're experiencing so much hardship is we're just ahead of our time. And uh, they lost connection with what the Spirit was saying. But there's something very powerful on what we see uh, about this temple that they build. Those that saw the previous temple, they were pretty old at that time, huh? The ones who had seen the glory of the previous temple, they were weeping. They're like, this temple that is being built is nothing in comparison to what was before. But, you know, what's the word that we see being 
delivered. We see in verse 6, this is what Yahweh Almighty says. I'm in Haggai chapter 2 here. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come and I will... um, Sorry, and what is uh, desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says Yehovah Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says Yehovah Almighty. And in this place, I will grant shalom, peace declares the Lord Almighty. What's he basically saying here? This is the house where Yeshua will show up. This is where the promise will come forth. And this scripture is uh, spoken of in Hebrews chapter 12 as well, where it's opened up. But the glory that's going to come in this house will be greater. Let me tell you something. Who dwells within us? It's not about bricks and mortar. It's not about what you think you look like on the outside. The question is, who's living on the inside? Have we got Messiah dwelling within us? Who's living on the inside? Do we experience, are we ready for the fire of the Spirit to come out from us? Are we ready for for the fragrance and knowledge of Messiah to go out from our lives? Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you what. Man, I'm fired up just thinking about this because it's knowing that as we come to the word, Father, open my eyes. I want to see you. You know, why is it that you and I can see? Why can we see? Why did the the Father decide that it's time for us to have eyes to see when there's people all around us who are blind? How many times have you shared the gospel with someone and you share the gospel, they can't hear you? They're like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear. We are a people with eyes to see and ears to hear. Listen, we haven't got time to be discouraged when we already have the revelation of transformation dwelling within us. So if our eyes and ears can be open to salvation, are you ready for what the Father can do through you? You're already a channel of his grace, a channel of his love, a channel of his beauty. Hallelujah. The glory of Yehovah, the the glory of the past is nothing compared to the glory that dwells within you, that dwells within me. This is time for us to identify who we are, just as we read in Psalm chapter one. Stop listening to the voices of people around you who are discouraging you and pulling you down. And let's listen to the voice of the Spirit. Man, we should be so encouraged in the Spirit just on our own. You know, <laughs> that when people come along and they, and they try and push you down, you know, you're not going to be diverted. Uh, you know, you're not going to be taken off track because of the voice of others. And, you know, I watched a movie uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, about basketball. I can't remember. It was called The Hustle or something. It, well, it wasn't really, you know, the storyline was pretty good uh, in the movie. And um, in that movie, here's this basketball player from the street trying to try out to get into the NBA. And uh, 
this other guy who was his competitor was coming up and speaking terrible things to him and trying to make him angry, trying to get him off his game, trying to discourage him, trying to speak things uh, into him uh, to break him. And, you know, Adam Sandler's in the movie and he's the coach guy and the, the, the scout. And he says this, he says, you have got to get to the place where you are dead to any other voice. You've got to be dead. And what's he doing? He's speaking scripture. It's no longer I that live. It's Messiah dwelling within me. If we are being affected by the voice of the people around us, then guess what? We're not dead yet. All we've got to do is die to self and say, you know what? It's not just about the voices of what other people are saying, but it's also about the voices of what we are saying to ourselves. And that's why we have to be a people that understand the importance of meditation on the word. We've got to be those who know how to take hold of the scriptures and encourage ourselves. You need to say, Saul, I'm speaking to you right now. You just sit down, Saul. We're going to have a conversation right now. I want to tell you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's not about what I look like. It's not about my ability, because what does the devil want to do? He wants to tell you you're no good. Well, it's not about you anyway. You're dead. <laughs> it's not about how good you are. It's how great he is. The glory of Yahovah dwells within us, and the glory of Yahovah that's in you is the risen Savior. He's the one that conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's dwelling within you. He's dwelling within me. Oh, man, that is time to get excited right now. You know, it's time to realize, you know, there's a reason for some joy within our lives. And, and sometimes, you know, we think about our Bible study in the morning when we get up as quiet time. Well, I want to encourage you. Why don't you have a quiet time that's extremely loud? filled with praise. You know, when you're having your quiet time, say, I'm just going to start with this. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> he is able. I'm not what I used to be. I'm born again, spirit filled, washed with the blood of Yeshua. And before I start my quiet time, I'm just going to have a noisy time. Hallelujah. In the presence of Yehovah and recognize who you are, Father, within my life. I'm not going to walk in the steps of the wicked. No, no, no. That's not for today. I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners, the way that they take. Huh? I'm not going to sit in the company of mockers. I'm going to sit in the presence of a mighty God. I'm going to allow the word of God to richly transform my life, that the richness, the fullness of his mercy, the fullness of his grace, the transforming power of his spirit is just going to ooze out of my life today in Yeshua's name. That's what he wants us to be. That's what he wants to uh, establish within our lives. He wants us to get to that place where we recognize this is the day of victory. I don't care what report is being put at you today. You know, I was reading last night just uh, on uh, some mail that came into our mailbox, and uh, it was about a report from last uh, March, and it was a violation of my car in Haifa. And I wasn't even in Haifa last March. But seemingly my car, even though it was sitting outside my house, in fact, Russell, 
Where is Russell? He just messaged me. I bet, I bet he's looking for the link. Uh, let me send him the link. Okay, I'll send him the link. Uh, did that go through? Uh, yeah, anyway, it's not going through. Anyway, guess what? We were out with, in Echo with Russell and a few other people, and we were in the other truck. We weren't in Haifa. But yeah, I've got this uh, traffic violation that happened to my car in Haifa while I was sitting outside my house. So interesting. So what report am I going to believe? I know where I was. <laughs> Do you know where you are in the presence of Yehovah? You know, Haley could go to our calendar and say, this is where we, this is where we were on this day for the whole day. We know where we were. We know who we are. So what violation is the enemy trying to force uh, on you? What's he trying to tell, tell you about where you've been? Do you know where you've been? Do you know where you are? Do we know who we are in him? Let's not be a people that listen to the report of the enemy, the lie of the enemy. Because who are we? We are a people like trees. We're planted by streams of living water. This is the day of growth. You know what? We are here together as living stones, all joined together to be encouraged. <laughs> we, what are we doing? We're recording the glory, the blessings of Yehovah. We're recording them into these stones. <laughs> We're receiving the word of Yehovah, the encouragement for from the word. So listen, even if a believer tells you it's not time, it's not time. We've got to ask ourselves the question, what is the spirit of Elohim saying? What's he saying? And that's what we've got to follow. We've got to follow the word of Yehovah. So is our delight in his instructions? Are we making a decision to meditate on them? And listen, don't just go to the scriptures just to say, you know, Father, speak to me. I'm here. I'm ready for a word. No, I don't go to the Bible that way. I go to the word and I want to look out. I want to know what the Father is saying. I don't come to see what he can give me because what we get from him comes naturally as we bless him, as we bless the Father, as we give him our life, as we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him, as a spiritual act of worship, what happens? The life of the spirit, the blessings of Yehovah, they're going to overtake us. What does it say about goodness and mercy? It doesn't say, hi, have you read the 25 verses in scripture about how to chase goodness and mercy? That's not what it says in my, my uh, word. It says goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. So if that's not happening right now, guess what? You have authority right now to say, you know what? I am speaking forth the order of the word to be established within my life, within my family, within our community. I speak the order of the word. I'm not going to listen to the mockers. I'm not going to listen to the doubters. I'm not going to listen to the confused but I'm going to listen to the solid word of Yehovah. Ha! The glory of Yehovah will be greater in this house than of the former house. Let me tell you something. It says in the word, we go from glory to glory. Yeshua, he walked into that physical second temple that was being built at Haggai there. He physically walked in and he brought a glory that was far greater 
than Solomon's temple. But let me tell you something. Who's dwelling in you and me? Yeshua the Messiah. He's dwelling within us. We are betrothed to him in marriage. Praise the name of Yeshua. So I'm just standing today saying this is the day for us to go from glory to glory. Are we ready for those supernatural miracles? Are you ready for the ways to open up where there seems to be no way? You know, sometimes we've just got to get mad at the situations in front of us. You know, when we got to the place last year where we completely ran out of resources and I knew we weren't going to have enough money, I said, okay, Father, what do you want me to do to break this cycle of uh, lack in the spirit? What do you want me to do? He says, take all the money out of your bank for rent and buy an airline ticket and preach the gospel. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, no, uh, uh, I can't go. <clears throat> Because I don't have enough people supporting me. I don't have enough people following me. I don't have the uh, the bank account with all the extra money. Let me tell you something. As we go, as we do what he has called us to do, goodness and mercy will follow us. We will see the blessing. Look, I don't know how he's going to do it. And that doesn't matter. That's not my responsibility, nor is that your responsibility. Our responsibility is to be faithful to operate in accordance with his will and his purpose. So what holds you back for walking in the fullness of God? Are you held back because you think that you have to have provision? All right. What has to come first? Does provision come before vision or does vision come before provision? You've got to have vision and where there's vision, there will be provision. And, you know, sometimes you've got to stand and, and you've got to make that stand and say, you know what? It might not look like provision is coming after the vision. But, you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like, because what are we? We're dead. It's no longer I that live. It's Messiah living in me. If we will just get out of our comfort zones, do what he's called us to do, sow what he's called us to sow. Look at the book of Haggai. All the people, they built all these houses. Let me tell you something. Even in the midst of all of the attack, all of the oppression, you know, they weren't living in the Babylonian luxury they were living in barren areas, trying to build a life, trying to get things together. But this is mankind in a nutshell. Mankind is trying to find the comfortable way for self. They're trying to find, I'll serve you, Father, as long as you keep me comfortable. I'll serve you, Father, as long as you make sure everything's in place. And you know what? We've got to trust. Trust in Yehovah with all of our heart. Listen, he can bring you through. You know, my mom and dad, they're an incredible testimony on this area. They've been incredible givers all their lives. Uh, my dad was a, a pastor and he didn't make a lot of money, but he would give away in a year more than his salary. <laughs> How did that happen? Because money came through him. And he gave it away, and he never saved up. He never hoarded. He never built. He didn't have all the things in place for pensions or nothing. He just gave and gave and gave. And if there's a need, he gave. If there's a need, he gave. And every time he had a need, somehow the father met it. And then when it came to the time of them coming up to retirement, uh, guess what happened? Everything started to everything started to open up and. 
houses were given to them, inheritances were given to them. The father started making away stocks and shares and all different stuff were get. They were blessed in abundance, and uh, you know, don't limit what the father can do. Don't limit him. So how are we with our pursuit and our effectiveness of building the kingdom? Ask the father this question. Am I in the right place, doing the right thing with the right people? If, if you clearly have a no, then that means the work and the effect and, and the effort that we're making is uh, it's it's not uh, kingdom. It's not benefiting us for the kingdom. So why spend time on it? So how do we get in the right place for such a time as this? How do we get in the right place? Ask the Holy Spirit, where do you need me today? Where am I meant to be aligned? Come into the presence, receive the word of the Father, and do what he tells you to do. Now, you know, to some of us, that might be like a scary thing. But listen, I'm speaking to you today because I have the gift of faith. And I, why do I have the gift of faith? Because I've tested the Father in these things over and over and over and over. How many times have I stepped out without the money to do the job? How many times have I went on a trip with no provision? <laughs> you know, how many times have I got myself in situations of impossibilities? It's so many times I could write books and volumes and movies and all that stuff of all these different things that have happened. But let me tell you something. When I left my job at 18 years old after, uh, uh, you know, qualifying in a trade as a dairy plant process operator, I ministered to every person in that dairy. There was like 2,000 people in the largest independent dairy in Britain. And I spent my time investing and sharing the gospel to every person in that place. And one day I was praying, Father, increase my witness in this place. How can I minister to more people? Well, I get into the uh, the lunch hall, which sits about 800 people or 1,000 people in this uh, uh, canteen. And guess what happens? This guy, one of these tough nutter guys, you know, uh, Fugs, he stands up and I'm sitting there reading my Bible, you know, with my packed lunch, right? And I just share Yeshua with anyone that's around me. I'm always talking about uh, Jesus, Yeshua. He stands up gets on his chair and he says, Kenny Russell, why don't you just shut up about your Jesus? <laughs> the entire place goes quiet. The whole kitchen stops cooking. No one's getting served anymore. All of a sudden, I've got a congregation of 800 to 1,000 people. I'll stand up and I said, let me tell you why I'm not quiet about my Jesus. Then I preached the gospel for four minutes. The glory of God started pouring out. The, the Father started ministering to people. Let me tell you something. For the next two weeks, people were seeking me out in the alleyways, in the rest restrooms, everywhere they could find me. Pray for me. Pray for my marriage. Pray for this. Pray for that. I've got a broken bone. Can you pray for my healing? Uh, I need salvation. I need Yeshua. This man, it was like, how am I even going to get time to work? There's so many needs, so many broken people. And then it got to a place where I said, Father, 
I think I've ministered to everyone in the place. I think I've met, I think I've shared the gospel with everybody. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, is it time for me to finish here? Because I know you've called me to the nations and I love being in this dairy. I love this job. But you know what? <laughs> I want to live to serve the purposes of Yehovah. So in the place where you are, are we ministering the gospel? Are we sharing the truth? Let me tell you something. If you get to the place where you've shared all the truth that they can receive and they're not going to receive anymore and you see fruit, you might see opposition, you might see challenges, but ask yourself the question, have I fulfilled the will of Yahovah in this place? If you fulfilled what you are called to do in that place, it's time to move on. Because we've got to be carriers of the gospel and to be on time and in place giving the gospel. Well, anyway, I end up, you know, the Holy Spirit says, yep, you've ministered to everyone in the place that you're called to minister to. It's time to leave. He said, I want you to give up your job. So I told my manager, I'm handing him a notice. I'm leaving in two weeks. He's like, what are you talking about? Man, you're our number one dairy plant operator. What do you mean you're leaving? The owners of the dairy, the head management, all came down, called me into a meeting to offer me fast track to management, more money. We don't want to lose you, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, this is not, the, the, you know, it's, I love my job. I love being here, but I, I'm called to preach the gospel. <laughs> yeah. And this one manager uh, from my department, he stands up in front of the owners and the other management. And he's like, Kenny. Isn't your, isn't your job, shouldn't your job be your number one priority in your life? And I said, listen, no, my job is not my number one priority. And I said, even for you that doesn't believe in Yeshua, Jesus, your family should be even more important to you than your, your job. And I left that place of work. I had nowhere to go. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to take place. And a few days later, after leaving, I was praying in the spirit, driving around south of England. The father brings me into this fellowship and no one speaks to me. The Holy Spirit told me to go into this fellowship, 2,000 people there. No one speaks to me. At the end, I thought, well, if no one talks to me, I'm going to go talk to that bass guitarist that was playing because he was a pretty good bassist. And um, I walk up and I tap him on the shoulder. He turns around, looks at me, and he says, you're a drummer, aren't you? I said, Yeah. He says, we're praying and fasting for a drummer. We go on tour in two days, and God has sent you. Guess where I was the next day? I'm in rehearsal playing with this band. The very next day after that, I'm on tour for six months across the UK and Europe. You know, Let me tell you something. The Father, he knows how to do things. He knows how to make a way. And, you know... Many people were like, Kenny, don't leave your job until you know where you're going. You've got to know. I said, listen, I, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. I want to listen to what the Spirit has to say. So what are we talking about? We're talking today about the glory of Yahovah that dwells within you is so rich and so powerful that there's people waiting on the other side of our obedience of ministering the gospel, no matter where we are, no matter who we are, we are all called to share the gospel in some fashion. We're called to be an example of who he has called us to be. So what do we release over our lives today? We release the blessings 
over our lives of those who have made a decision. I'm going to walk in the ways of the Father. I'm going to understand his Torah, his instructions. I'm going to apply it to my life so the richness of his glory may be revealed within our lives. Hallelujah. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. Uh, that's just what's burning in my spirit here today, you know, because, man, we have so many people that are biblically illiterate when it comes to knowing what the word says. And he wants us to be students of the words that will teach and empower people in the word. How do we communicate? It says that we should be ready in season and out of season and we share our faith. So we've got to be people that get to that place that we are rehearsing how to communicate the gospel to minister into the hearts of others. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what our walk is. We're all called to know how to share. <laughs> we're all called to open our mouth and let the words of the Spirit come forth. Hallelujah. Yeah, and some of us, that might be a job, you know, but you know what? That's the first job before we get other jobs is learning how to speak forth his word and his ways. And just as Yeshua spoke the commandments over the people of Israel at Mount Sinai, so he wants to speak through you and through me. Hallelujah. So if all of the children of Israel and the multitudes, they heard the commandments being spoken, then the Father is going to minister through you, through me, and people are going to hear the voice of Elohim, the word of Elohim, speaking through our lives in Yeshua's mighty name. Hallelujah.